it's time to talk Surface, hardware, Android, and Windows. Happy Friday, friends. Hopefully you're having a wonderful week. It's been uh, it's been interesting on this side of the camera. I mean, just a busy just a busy week in general. The Microsoft event uh, but just had a smattering of information. There's just a lot to digest when Microsoft announces just, it was like eight different announcements during the keynote. And so we are here to kind of unwind, if you will, on the weekend and talk on the weekend, on the Friday, and then talk about the questions of the week because there are a bunch of them in the hopper. So let's just dive in. First thing I want to kick off here is that the EU is going to start mandating, or at least they've got a proposal and it looks like this is one that's going to go through. It's been f floating around for a while that if you have a phone in the EU, it's got to be USB Type-C. Now, that is obviously going to be impacting Microsoft because they now technically sell a phone, which is one of the things that's worth pointing out when we talk about the Duo, but we're not quite there yet because... Well, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that this is pretty much targeting one company, and that would be Apple and their latest iPhone. And so effectively gives them two years to get to that point. And uh, we'll see how they push back. They've already put out a statement like pushing back. Not so much that they were against USB-C, but they're against just big government regulation. And obviously we all know that they have their lightning cables and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm personally of the opinion that the sooner the entire world can get to USB Type-C, the happier I will be so I don't have to worry about trying to cram those plugs in. And I am actively looking for new devices to replace old devices that have the said like USB whatever uh, the small connectors the micro connectors they're just bad they're just bad especially after you see namely I'm looking for another high-end headset at some point here for my Xbox that will eventually go down that route but I think it's notable and anything that can get us a little bit closer uh, to everybody using type C is just going to be a good thing uh, not good things are if you are running an on-premises version of Microsoft Exchange now, there's another flaw. You could almost probably start an email chain just called Exchange Weekly, the crap that's happened this week, because there's been a lot of it uh, lately specifically targeting Exchange and well, printers and for that matter. So now there's an auto-discover flaw within Exchange. Now, this, is, this one's a little dicey because depending on who you talk to, this is either new and an issue, or this has been known for a while and it's actually intended functionality. It's not really a bug, it, like is what Microsoft said at one point. And so uh, if you're using Exchange, you need to be looking into this auto-discover auto issue because it, we, it may or may not get patched. I mean, Microsoft officially said they acknowledged it, but there was a long, lengthy conversation on many different forums, including Reddit and Twitter, about, hey, like this has been around for a while, and is it truly a bug because it's sort of an intended feature? But anyways, uh, Exchange, on-premises, yet again getting slaughtered in the headlines. Now, the big event of the week was obviously the Surface event. And there's a couple things worth noting before we even get started, is that the event honestly went off pretty well. Now, compared to the launch of Windows 11, where the stream broke for not only press and analysts, but for everybody, uh, this stream worked actually exceptionally well, and it was pretty well polished. And they tried to, like, fake in Panos Panay walking off stage and making it sound like, hey, this is some, like, unscripted thing he's doing. That is, no, um, that was very clearly scripted. It doesn't matter. Why Why would you go off script on something that's pre-recorded or whatever just in that's in that sort of arena uh doesn't make sense anyways aside from that you know whatever you want to call that um it went off pretty well like everything kind of moved smoothly they didn't have any major uh snafus on their website like they didn't publish all the stuff prior to the event like they've had happen in previous years and so from that aspect it went pretty well and then there were a lot of announcements as we all know we have things like the go 
We had the Go 3, which was really just a spec refresh. But the bigger items, in my opinion, were the Surface Duo 2, and then you have the Surface Laptop Studio and the Surface Pro 8. Now, there's other things, and I know that's the, the big ones, but let's just dive in to the Duo 2 because Microsoft is actually coming out with top-of-the-line specs for this product. Now, this is a little bit different than when the Duo 1 launched because it was already lagging behind when it hit market, but it's running a Snapdragon 888. It's, it's got the 5Gs. It's got NFC. It's got just about everything you can honestly want maybe in a a modern phone i'm sure there's some things missing uh 8.3 inch screen so bigger display oled or am oled display if correct me if i'm wrong or no, correct me if i'm wrong i know that's right USB-C. on paper it looks pretty good the question is is this device actually gonna sell uh that's a good question because microsoft is coming into this a little dicey a little dicey because we all know about the duo one and its lack of support although microsoft is saying it is eventually going to be getting an upgraded version of Android here. Uh, I'm guessing that'll be the same version that's shipping on the Duo 2, but we'll have to see how performance works and all that stuff. And, and does it get the fancy edge features that Microsoft was showing off, how you could see the sidebars of the screens and then see notifications on them? We don't fully know yet, and that just kind of raises the bigger question of the actual support model for the Duo 2 is still unknown. And obviously, we've got to make sure the performance is still good, although I suspect it's going to be coming more down to the optimization rather than the Qualcomm chip. But that is that. So uh, interesting things happening there with the Duo. I think I think this is Microsoft's best shot. Like they're going to actually find out if they have a market with this. And because they've shoved everything into this thing as best as they could, it makes you wonder that if this one doesn't do well, I will they do a Duo 3? I know there's always the joke in the world of Microsoft. It takes three tries to get it right. And so we're going to wait for that third try. But are we? I don't know. We'll find out to see how well it sells. I think, I think that this was a good faith effort for duo two because they're walking into a highly contested market and anything less than that uh is going to be interesting so anyways uh looks super it, it, i mean on paper it looks pretty good i think the pro 8 is going to be by far the best selling device to announce i mean you might actually argue that the go 3 might sell in a higher volume but the pro 8 looks pretty darn good it is a little bit heavier by the way and i believe it has active cooling i don't know if it's on every SKU, but i believe there's active cooling in there and so just keep that in mind when you're looking and shopping for the pro 8 but i think the pro 8 uh was probably Probably the the safest update and by that I mean like they know it's gonna sell so they're gonna produce it in higher volumes and it, I think the pro 8 is on paper and in sales volume I think the pro 8 should be the hero device that was announced um, while the laptop studio we'll talk about here in a second is something different the Pro 8 is going to be the volume seller, and I think Microsoft knows that, and everybody else. But it makes me so happy to see that Microsoft is standardizing at least some of its hardware on 120 hertz refresh rates, because this makes things better to use. It's not super crazy high. It doesn't need to be gaming quality. I mean, 120 hertz is even pretty good for gaming. I do it on my my tv with my xbox but it's nice if you've never used a display like this especially on a pc it it's one of those things that you don't always understand why it if you sit down and start using it's like this just feels better but i can't explain why it's usually that type of a display uh that, that really does that and so I, I think that was a great update but the the studio laptop is the the device that's grabbing all the headlines because it's weird it's quirky it's kind of like a book three because it's got its unique profile and shape and design and it does flips and folds and other things but it's really important to point out that microsoft is not the first to come out with this type of a device i i think there was like a picture of a lenovo from like 1994 that was doing similar things so microsoft isn't exactly carving new ground if you will uh with the surface studio la surface la laptop studio i always call it one called the studio laptop it's laptop studio the big thing here is going to be the, just the overall fit and finish. That is typically where Surface stuff has 
is perceived to be there because I, I hesitated a little bit because like this book three, I don't have any issues with the fit and finish, but sometimes the reliability is not quite great. And so we got to understand how well is this device going to perform out in the real world? It's, it, you know, it's bending, it's flexing, it's got new hinges, it's got new functionality. It's got that raised deck that you either love or hate or despise or don't even care about. And so there's a lot going on there and it's, it's just a little early. I'm still digesting whether or not this thing is going to be a volume seller because with, with the, the, the question becomes is the laptop studio, a better mobile device for pen input. If that's truly where you're headed, than say the surface pro eight, because let's be honest, the surface pro eight isn't exactly underpowered. Yes. The laptop studio certainly crushes it in the GPU department, hands down. But if you don't need a big beefy GPU, I mean, let's be honest, you probably, if you don't need things like AutoCAD running on a mobile workstation, then the, the Pro 8 might be a better choice. We don't know yet. I don't have any devices in my hands to review right now. And so it's just, you know, musings of what is going on because at the end of the day, it's not cheap. It's not all that expensive, but the entry price around 15, 1600 bucks, depending on if you buy education, commercial and all that stuff, it's very slightly, but it looks interesting. I, I'm intrigued. And I think that's what's important here is that Microsoft did all this stuff on stage, all this stuff. And they got a lot of genuinely positive uh, response rate from the market, from the press, which is really good because they don't always get that. They could have come out and played this event extremely safe. Microsoft could have come out and said, hey, look, it's been, a, we've all been at home. We've been designing these things remotely. We've been collaborating online. We have not really been in person. So all we're going to do is just put Thunderbolt 4 into everything. And we're just going to call it a day. But that's not what they did. They, they truly put some effort into this. They truly came out with like meaningful updates to their products line and they grabbed a bunch of attention for it. And that should be applauded that Microsoft was able to execute this through the past year and a half or so. Got to remember, these things don't just materialize in 12 months. They sometimes take longer. Actually, uh, I believe the Laptop Studio was in a in development for at least two years, potentially even longer than that, but it has been in development for a while. And so now they're able to get it across the finish line out for this year. And so I think Microsoft deserves some credit for being able to do all that. It's not easy to do. Anyways, uh, other things happening. PC health check app is back. And if you don't know why your device can't run windows 11, this thing will help point it out. But I think most people listening to this probably already understand. Other things that are coming soon, and I don't know exactly when, but the Android apps on Windows 11, which Microsoft said is not going to be there at launch, is getting closer to the finish line. And I'm not talking about the leak of people finding the app in the App Store. That is certainly it. Um, but this is more insider knowledge of Microsoft is just expanding a, the testing of Android apps on Windows 11. So they've been pushing it out across the board. And so it looks like that's usually like the, one of the last steps typically before it makes its way out into the public, but it does not appear that it's going to be there and part of the shipping build maybe in pre i don't i don't know exactly when it's going to coming out all i'm trying to say is that android apps and windows 11 are closer to release than they are like further away if that makes sense so it hopefully that will be happening here uh power toys are now available in the microsoft store if that's your thing and also windows 11 build 22,000.194 is available in the release preview channel really just emphasizing that microsoft is right on the cusp of launching windows 11 which is going to happen on october 5th for those who do not remember that. 
Now, there wasn't a bunch of gaming news this week, but we're going to talk about some gaming news. Primarily because Microsoft was clearing the deck, if you will, because they had their massive Surface event on Tuesday. So a couple things. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons is now available on Steam. Uh, sea of Thieves Season 4 is now live, and this is available on the Xbox and the PC. And also Diablo 2 uh, Resurrected is now available on the Xbox. So if you are a Diablo fan, you can go ahead and do that. And I officially ran into my first like big uh, issue with storage on the Series X because Flight Sim is over, well over 100 gigs now. Call of Duty is like 7 trillion gigs. And you toss in a couple other titles. Like I still haven't beat Psychonauts 2, but I still have it on there. Um, and I ran out of space. I was trying to, I can't even remember what I was going to download. It wasn't, uh, wasn't resurrected, um, but it was still just another title. And I ended up having to delete um, a couple of titles. So either way, uh, storage will continue to be a problem. But Flight Sim just is so, like, I can't get rid of Flight Sim because I love Flight Sim. And I can't get rid of Call of Duty because that's probably the game I play the most. Just whatever. And so, yeah. Anyways, uh, I would expect some more gaming news next week, and people are going to continue to ask me, like, what about the acquisitions? And I continue to say the same thing about acquisitions. If they are going to happen, they're always extremely hard to lock down. They're always hard to extremely to identify when they're going to announce, right up until they're going to announce them. So, I, and I'm not hinting or alluding to announcements of acquisitions next week. That is, I just really want to be clear about that. So, uh, on to the questions of the week, because it is always my favorite part. So, uh, Bishnat says, do you ever own or use a Windows Phone mobile device? If so, what do you love or hate about it? Um, well, I have a Surface Duo upstairs. My personal phone that I carry with me every day is an iPhone, and I don't see that changing too much. I do use the Duo on occasion uh, to play cloud gaming or xCloud, whatever we're calling it these days, because it does offer a unique perspective with the customized controls and that Nintendo DS-like experience. I will only play uh, single-player titles on that typically like top down or potentially side-scrolling uh, titles. Nothing first-person shooter because that's still not a great use for it. But no, I don't carry a Windows phone um, with me. I mean, Windows phone is gone. Microsoft, I, I haven't had a Lumi in my pocket in some time. Uh, Will says, when life returns to normal and we start to have events we can attend in person. Will you still be traveling with Paul to the bigger Microsoft events? It's always a highlight to see you both in person at Ignite, as well as sharing a beer at the Threat.com party. And curious if that will continue. Uh, don't know yet. I I really want to. Like, I can definitely see myself potentially going to build or potentially going to Ignite. It just depends. I want to go to them if if the timing is right and it, it fits sort of my schedule. It's just, it's a little unknown yet because Microsoft isn't having anything. And so I, it just kind of depends. Um, I will, I've really, Ignite is always my favorite conference. Build is a close second, but Ignite is, is usually the favorite thing that I go to. So uh, I hope so. I, I'm definitely not ruling it out. I mean, it's not a no by any chance. It's just a we haven't come across that bridge yet, so I don't know if I'm going to cross it yet. Uh, Shark47 says, kind of piggybacking on JMBCK's question, which I haven't gotten to it, so let's go there. So JMBCK says, uh, shopping for a business power laptops, what does Surface offer over other vendors? It seems that you pay quite a premium on a Surface laptop. That's a fantastic question because at the end of the day, there is Intel chips inside of a display, just like many other laptops. So the reason why you might buy a Surface, now these are not the only reasons, but these are the reasons why you might might. One, if you already have a bunch of Surface devices, you have a Surface Connect port like you have right here, uh, and they just work on all devices. Uh, other reasons why, if you like the build quality, meaning the materials, that would be a reason. If you don't want a lot of plastic stuff on your laptop, that's potentially one. Also, the other one is bloatware. 
right? Microsoft does not ship their devices with a lot other than the stuff that's pretty much in Windows. And so you don't have to deal with that other junk. Now, Microsoft will make big deals like this. This is the best device from Microsoft 365. I don't know if I necessarily believe that argument per se, but if you like the aspect ratio of the display is another big one as well. A lot of vendors use 16 by nine still. Microsoft does not. They have the taller and slightly slimmer displays, if you will. They're just not the squatty. Uh, the aspect ratio of Surface device is another reason. Now, it's totally up to you. If you're looking for value, I don't know if Surface is right for you. I mean, maybe you could argue that for the 399 Surface Go 3, but I don't really think anybody, I, I don't typically recommend people buy the entry-level Go 3. If you're going to do it, you got to be spending seven, 800 bucks, which for that kind of money, if you go to HP or Dell, you can get more for your buck. Um, Surface, you definitely pay a little bit more for what you're getting, and that is just the way that it is. Um, so, you know, it's a personal thing. Also, I think they tend to look pretty clean. They don't look, they're not RGB, they're not anything else. Um, they're pretty just, they, they kind of remind me of like Lenovo almost. They have like this muted styling that is just simple and elegant and just what, I mean, look at this thing. Like it's just, it's just simple, clean and simple. And uh, that's that's why you might. And then so Shark 47, he says, kind of piggybacking on that question. I've seen Core i7 devices for under $1,000 from other manufacturers, but the cheapest Core i7 Surface laptop more is 16 or roughly 1700 bucks. It's a similar story with the Surface Pro 8. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how much the processor matters in these decisions. Well, it really just comes dep depends on your workload. As an example, the Surface laptop 4 that I use for my when I travel is an AMD device. I believe it is that the 8-core 16-thread model i think it's the r7 if i remember correctly that thing has more than enough performance for what i need and so it depends if you think you are going to be doing like a lot of heavy compute and you need that i7 then by all means then you should spend for it but again don't surface is not a value proposition they, they've never really pushed it that way while they have cut pricing and done other things over the years they don't want to be viewed as um, as a brand that you go to because it's the Aldi of of laptops like they, they want to be the premium brand I mean they're, they're trying to compete with Apple and they want to retain that image I think they've undercut themselves a little bit from some of the things they've done over the years to not quite be Apple class if you will but at the end of the day, that's where they're targeting is that upper end. And so to get to that upper end, you got to pay for it. But you're not going to get your best bang for buck with Surface. You never have. And I honestly don't believe that you ever will. Uh, NGC224 says, any more Microsoft hardware announcements before the end of the year? Well, the one that's unknown that we don't know are the devices on the Xbox side of the fence. Remember the cloud streaming stuff? Microsoft has, has said, hey, we're making hardware on that. And so there is one other hardware that I do know that is coming. Thanks to Aaron Greenberg out on Twitter. I did a summoning circle. Uh, if you're not familiar with that meme, you should go check out my BD Sam's uh, Twitter handle. And I said, Aaron, well, I didn't even say Aaron. I said, we need an up update on the Xbox mini fridge. And Aaron chimed in and confirmed that there will be an update next month. So the Twitter summoning circle worked. And Aaron has said, I responded to my tweet and said, we will get an update on the Xbox mini fridge next month. So there is officially hardware coming, at least from that. Uh, Jay Wolf says, uh, do you think there is any evidence to all the recent rumors surrounding another big purchase of game studio publishers by Microsoft or is it more wishful thinking? Well, here's, here's how these things always happen. There's some nugget of a rumor that typically has some truth to it. It, it, it could either be game. Remember Ubisoft? This was a big one. Microsoft's going to buy them. Microsoft's going to put them in game pass. I fully believe that Microsoft probably had conversations with them at some point about an acquisition. I fully believe that Microsoft has probably talked to just about everyone. And I fully believe that if a studio is looking to sell themselves, they are calling up Microsoft and saying, hey, 
come by us. I mean, Microsoft has been spending big and they have a strategy to grow Game Pass. And I believe that they've talked to every single vendor probably on the planet about this. Now, my hunch here with everything that's floating around is that Microsoft has talked to one company and somebody heard that and then it's just gone off the rails on some rumors of acquisitions. Again, I don't like to comment on the specific stuff because it's so hard, um, but I know that Microsoft is always shopping. Phil Spencer has been very outspoken saying, look, when we find the right studio at the right time, we will buy them. And he said that previously, not, I don't think it was this year, I think it was last year, especially in the casual title arena. And so, Will Microsoft acquire other companies in the gaming arena? Absolutely. Is it going to happen in the next 48 hours? That I can't tell you. So, uh, Potter says, uh, Windows 11 question. When I typically open a UNC path, a.k.a. Slash, uh, backslash slash, slash server name, uh, or slash slash server name, whatever you want to call it, I usually hit win key and start and enter in the UNC path and press enter. However, in Windows 11, this is not working. I have to do it with Windows key R to get and run the prompt and then enter the path. This worked perfectly in Windows 8 and 10, but does not work on Windows 11. Any idea why? It's because they changed up a lot of the shell. Uh, so a lot of the, the clicking functionality right mouse clicking has changed somewhat especially clicking on the taskbar has changed quite a bit so depending on how you were accessing it uh or where you were accessing it like if, what's in focus is it the start menu or is it the like a, a taskbar or not a taskbar like file explorer you might get different experiences this is one of the oddities with windows 11 is that they've with with the functionality they have introduced with Windows 11, which was really just, I believe, 10x just plopped on top of Windows 10, and then they called it Windows 11, some of the functionality has broken it, and it's very clear that the taskbar and start menu and some of that functionality just... Like, for example, you can't right-mouse click on the taskbar and go to Task Manager. I had no idea how frequently I had done that until I couldn't on Windows 11. And so... Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you were doing. I think it's actually just Windows has broken some of your ingrained control mechanisms that you just have memorized. And that is probably the bigger issue. I fully expect that they will, over time, bring all these features back. But I think this alludes to Microsoft really work quickly to get this over uh, onto Windows 10 so they could announce and launch Windows 11. It also explains why it came out pretty polished right away because they've been doing so much work on 10X. It was easier to just apply that, that shell or skin onto top on the top of Windows 10 proper or vanilla, whatever you want to call it. And that's why they were able to get it out the door so quickly. Uh, next says, uh, Helix says, since you're the Surface guy, uh, I do love Surface, by the, by the way. Uh, my wife is really into art and drawing, and I was debating getting her an iPad with a pencil. I know watching the Surface again yesterday, I see a lot of people using pens. My concern in, art, in the art area is that Apple's niche, that it is Apple's niche, and the app ecosystem is so much richer on the iPad. Would you stick with the iPad? So here's my response to that. Having been married now 12 years, yeah, it'll be 12 years here next month, if, you're if your wife likes using an iPad and that's what she's comfortable with, buy her the iPad for your own sanity because if you buy her the Pro 8, which is a fabulous device, and get her that pen, which will work well, you're always going to be like, well, I had it on the iPad this way, and you're going to be on the hook for everything that is wrong with that device, good, bad, or indifferent. So uh, my marriage relationship advice would be get the iPad so that you can sleep, not on the couch. Although I've never, I don't think, do people really sleep on the couch? Like I've, we've... I've been married 12 years. I've never actually slept on the couch. My wife and I are peachy all the time, but I mean, we've never been to the point where like you're sleeping on the couch or whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, Dave here, or Dave says, Dave, uh, 
commenting. I don't know why he said Dave here threw me for a look. Who? Anyways, Dave says, have you played Halo previous and how is it on your LG C9? I bet it is glorious at 120 hertz. Everything is glorious at 120 hertz. It's also one of the reasons why I'm so amped that the Pro 8 and much of the new Surface hardware is running at 120 hertz because it does make a difference. I haven't played the most recent preview because I believe it is coming out, what's coming out like this weekend. And so I haven't had time to try it yet, but I did play the last preview and it runs well. Like it, it makes me happy i mean that it's that classic halo um styling and you got to understand what halo multiplayer is like it's it's not slow but it's different than call of duty is very quick halo is a little bit slower but a little bit more precise if that makes sense and there's a little bit more artful tactic in a game like halo as opposed to uh, call of duty which is very much just a prey and spray just run around on the ground so it's different styles but it looked beautiful and i'm looking forward to getting in a big team battle that is where much of my memories were made i've captured the flag in the back of a warthog um, riding around trying to cap cap the flag. So I'm very much looking forward to a uh, big team battle. He says, also, do you care to navigate the conundrum of supporting Bliv devs who put a lot of work in, into Diablo 2 Resurrected versus the moral hazard of supporting a company with such terrible allegations? Um, uh, yeah, so it's it's really rough what is going on and I feel for the people who are on the receiving end of the allegations and that's about all I really want to dive into it I don't like diving into too much into video game drama because it's 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 rough and I am not qualified to fully uh divulge all the details and if that is what you're looking for it's typically isn't the podcast for you and so Mr. PKI ending it up here. He says, uh, a fun one to end the week. Now that you are working on Start 11, are you getting formal briefings and embargoed information from Microsoft or are you only getting briefed from the Stealth Insider? So um, for those who aren't aware, I, I run the software division for a company that builds a start menu replacement for Windows 11. I try not to let that conflict with things that happen on this podcast. But uh, as of right now, Microsoft has continued to brief me on things like I was fully briefed on on, uh, the surface stuff because I am continuing to write on Petri.com which is the IT pro place to get all your IT pro knowledge uh, which is where I publish those things and I will continue to write there uh, as I have time and availability allows and so they are continuing to brief me I mean I've known these people for decades at this point and so uh, yeah and so I do get quite a bit of things from the inside of the Microsoft if you will not the PR channels and such as knowing that the Android apps I believe are getting close just based on the rumors and, and things that I've heard throughout the industry and so it's a little bit of both uh, i'm sure i i don't think microsoft thinks start 11 is any sort of threat to their windows ecosystem at the end of the day microsoft will continue to sell billions of dollars i mean the way i think of the software division that i run is like microsoft made windows 11 and the software we make allows you to make it more personal and, and more productivity and more productive more personal and more productive i think is what i'm running with um because you can add things to like the tabs i use the tabs we have an app called groupie that puts tabs on everything um, across the UI. So as of right now, Mr. PKI is still getting briefed. And so as always, everybody, I want to thank you for hanging out here on the Fridays. Hopefully you're having a wonderful day. If you're getting a new iPhone like I am, hopefully it's working and it solves all your life quandaries. Um, it really won't, but it will be a better version than last year. And so that's all that matters, I guess, in the world of Apple. And so as always, everybody, make sure you keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me. <laughs>